Happy Sabbath, everybody. It's a precious privilege to be in the house of Lord this afternoon. And before we start this particular topic, I want to thank you all those who sang here. One of the vital things that always happen in heaven, before the Father sit, angels sing to welcome him. And songs are very vital. When God created the creatures, he gave them power to sing. Angels sing to glorify the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we sinners, we need more than to sing and to praise God, but to humble our heart. So before we start this particular subject, trend, let's have a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, Lord, we invite you to come and take away our iniquities, our weakness, and our sins. That you reveal yourself to us. And you cover us with your blood. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. The book of Zechariah, chapter 11, verse 12, it says, And I say unto them, If you think it good, give me my price. And if not, forbear. I'm reading from King James. So they wait for my price, 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said unto me, cast it into the potter, a goodly price that I was prized out of them. And I took the 30 pieces of silver and cast them to the potter in the house of the Lord. Verse 15. And the Lord said unto me, take unto thee yet the instrument of a foolish shepherd. The NIV say worthless shepherd. For lo, I will raise up a shepherd in the land. You don't want a peaceful, a humble, a gentle, a savior shepherd. I'll give you a foolish shepherd. This is a prophecy. Which shall not visit those that be cut off. Neither shall seek the young one. No heal that that is broken no feed that, that standeth still, but he shall eat the flesh of the fat and tear their clothes in pieces. So what Zechariah is saying is that always since the inception of sin, God has given mankind two choices to choose. And God has been so clear to explain between the two sides. You know, this quarter this morning did a lot of work. What the prophets did, though people did not want to hear it. So, we want to study about the trend. Because what happened, Luke 19 verse 41 to 44. And when he was come near, he beheld a seat. And he wept over it. Said if thou has not even thou at this least in this thy day 
The things which belong unto thy peace, but now they hide from thy eyes. For the day, days shall come upon thee, that thy enemy shall cast a stretcher about thee, and encompass thee around, and keep thee in all, every side. And shall lay thee, even with the ground, and thy children within thee. And they shall not live in thee one stone upon another, because thou knowest not the time of thy visitation. I spoke about this subject on another topic, but today is something different. Now, Jesus speaks that God's people are careless. God's people are not careful of peace, prosperity, the word of God which they have. Because what he said, and he said, if we have been in the days of our fathers, we will not have been partaker with them in the blood of the prophets. Now Jesus did not start in his time. He told them, you say, if you were in your father's time, you won't be partakers of the prophet's blood. Wherefore, ye be witness unto yourself that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. Ye serpent, ye generation of vipers. This just speaking. How can you escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold me. Now just give them another thing. That not only that you killed the prophets, but listen to what I tell you. Wherefore, behold, I send you unto you prophets and wise men and scribes. And some of them ye shall kill and crucify. And some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city. Now just say, not only that you kill the prophets, but look, I will give you prophets. I will give you apostles. And you will kill them. And you will chase them out of the city. That upon you, Jesus go back. That upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of righteous Abel. Unto the blood of Zacharias, son of Barakias whom he slew between the temple and the altar. Now, Jesus, is, Jesus, we need to be very careful. Jesus is starting from the very blood of Abel. That the same spirit which slew Abel is the same spirit which is within Christianity. It was in the time of the Jews. Very I say unto you, all these things shall come upon this generation. And then you go, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Thou that killest the prophet and stone them which are sent unto thee. How often will I have gathered thy ch- children together even as the hen gather her chickens under her wings and you not. So Jesus tell them you stone those who are sent to you. Now we'll see. Luke 23 he talked about the choice that came. The choice was Jesus stood up and Barabbas stood. And this was a very vital choice for God's people. 
I'm not talking about the outside. I'm talking about God's people. And they cried out all at once, saying, Away with this man, and release unto us Barabbas. Now, verse 19. Who for certain sedition made in the city, and for murder was cast into prison. Now, let's get that in mind. Baraba was a robber. Baraba was a murderer. Yet they chose the murderer. And they rejected Jesus Christ. Verse 21. But they cried saying, crucify him, crucify him. And he said unto them the third time, Why? What evil has he done? I have found no cause of death. Verse 23. And they were instant with loud voices, requiring that he might be crucified. And the voices of them and of the chief priests prevailed. John 18.38 40. Let's read verse 40. Verse, uh, let's read 39. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? They cried. They all again saying, not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Let's get that clear because we are going to the history. And we will see what history has to tell us. And it was the preparation of the Passover. And about the sixth hour, and he said unto them, Behold, you are king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king. But Caesar. Let's remember, we have no king but Caesar. Now, Jesus was baptized AD, AD 27. Jesus baptism. AD 31, Jesus was crucified. All this chapter have been studying, uh, all these verses we have been reading, Jesus spoke them when he approached the gate of Jerusalem. It was on Tuesday. He should read the desire wages. It was on Tuesday. And he was going at the last time to the temple. On the following Friday, he will be on the cross. So Jesus, what he was speaking, was the last prophet, prophetic words of Jesus himself about the people that are going to reject him. So Jesus is being baptized here. AD 31 has been crucified. AD 34, here, Stephen was stoned. So, it's not in this chart, and you cannot find it in any chart. But from AD 34 here to AD 70, we have to read the history and see what happened. And before we go that, let me make this clarification. After the death of Jesus, the cross punishment was abolished. If you read the Spirit of Prophets, the cross punishment was botched because it was so cruel. It was so painful 
So the government decided we have to stop this. But close to the destruction of Jerusalem, the cross punishment was brought back. Let's remember that. Eight testimony, page 307. There is a start of history that is not to be condemned. Sacred history was one of the studies in the schools of prophets. In the record of his dealing with the nations, we are traced in the footsteps of Jehovah. So today, we are to consider the dealings of God with the nations of the earth. We are to see in history the fulfillment of prophecy, to study the workings of providence in the great reformatory movement, and to understand the progress of event in the marshalling of the nations for the final conflict of the great controversy. So it is our duty to check the history. It is our duty to see what happened when people rejected Christ. So, Jewish Encyclopedia, AD 64, the last Judea governor, his name was Florus. Florus was notorious for his cruelty and rapacity. And he was so much detested by the Jews that he, in comparison with Albinus was considered a just man. Florus indeed hastened the outbreak of the revolution by rendering the condition of the Jews unbearable. He protected the scenery in return for the share of their plunder. Scenaries is a group of the Greeks. Greeks were living in that particular. So when Florus came to power, he gave them favor more than the Jews. And you will see what happened because of this. And during his administration, many towns were sacked. When the Jews of Caesarea opposed the obstruction of the entrance to the synagogue by the Greek, they bribed Florus not to interfere. Florus accordingly went to Samaria. Finding themselves overpowered, the Jews sent to him an embassy of twelve imploring his protection against the Greeks. But Flora is steady through the prisoners, uh, uh, through the ambassadors into prison. Remember, they say we do not have a king, but Caesar. Now the representative of Caesar, this is what he did, threw them to prison. Later he sent to Jerusalem, demanding from the warden of the temple treasure, 17 talents of gold, he demanded it being refused. He demanded his demand being refused, and even ridicule. He went to Jerusalem and he ordered a soldier to attack the upper marketplace. Now, one talent of gold is equal. I check on the website. One talent of gold is equal to seventy-five pounds. One talent. So think how many gold he wanted. The Jews were killed, regardless of sex age, and the house plundered. More than 3,600 were slaughtered. Many were scorched and crucified. So that's what happened. And after that, what he did, he sent someone in the galleries. Jews used them, and this brought unrest. We needed to study this, because what we are studying here will be repeated. In a larger scale, 
as we are heading to the final conflict. Wikipedia. Upon taking office in Caesarea, Florence began a practice of fav favoring the local Greek population of the city over the Jewish population. The local Greek population notes Flora's policies and took advantage of the circumstances to derive the local Jewish population. Once notable instance of provocation occurred while the Jews were worshipping at a local synagogue and then the Hellenists sacrificed several birds on the top of an earthward container at the entrance of the synagogue. An act that rendered the building ritual unclean. In response to this action, the Jews sent a group of men to petition for us for redress. Despite accepting a payment of 80 talent to hear the case, Flora refused to listen to the complaints and instead had the petitioners imprisoned. Now, Flora's father angered the Jewish population of his province by having 1730 removed from the treasure of the temple in Jerusalem, claiming the man was for emperor. In response to this action, the city fell into unrest and some of the Jewish population began to open Monte Flores by passing a bucket around it to collect money. As if Flores were poor, Flores reacted to the unrest by sending soldiers in Jerusalem the next day to raid the city and and arrest a number of the city le leaders. The arrested individuals were whipped and crucified, despite many of them being Roman citizens. So this was the one who ruled Jerusalem, 66 AD. He played favoritism. He made the Jews to be in pain. And this started the problem. So, after that, the Roman ap uh, appealed to Agrippa. Agrippa was on his journey. When he came there, appealed to Agrippa. And when Agrippa told them to forget about it, what they did is this, they stoned Agrippa. And when they stoned Agrippa for four years, from 66 AD to 70 AD, Jerusalem had a lot of pain, death and all kinds of problems. Some of the Jews immediately seized part of Jerusalem. And when they seized part of Jerusalem, the same Jews, they slaughter Ananias, the descendant of high priest Annas, who condemned Christ. Retaliating, Flora slew 20,000 Jews in Caesarea. This is in the book, Flavius Josephus, The War of the Jews. Is so much detail. He, he slew 20,000 Jews in Caesarea. The Jew then attacked the city throughout slaying the Romans. So now everything was in disarray. Everything was in total chaos. Finally, Cestius, the general, he wanted to do something about it. And then heading south with 30,000 troops, he came and he surrounded the city. But when he was there surrounding the city, he withdrew without any reason. Now, this particular one over here, when he withdrew, 
from this particular place over here. This was AD 67. Here, there is something very important. That Jesus gave the prophecy. And he told his disciples that when you see Jerusalem encompassed, the first thing you have to do is to go out of the city. So Christian did this. This was in AD 67. So all the Christians who saw that Titus surrounded the city, finally they ran away. And when they ran away, finally, in the book of Great Controversy, there is this wonderful quote. Not one Christian perish in the destruction of Jerusalem. Christ has given his disciple warning. And all who believe his word watch for the promised sign. So today, we have to watch, to watch for the promised sign. We have to study the scriptures, the prophets, and understand what is taking place. We have to study and see and acknowledge the sign and react according to the sign. When ye shall see Jerusalem encompass with the army, say Jesus. After the Roman ancestors had surrounded the city, they expectedly abandoned the siege. When everything seemed favorable for an immediate attack, the besieged disappearing of such resistance were at the point of surrender. When the Roman general withdrew his forces without the least apparent reason, but God's merciful providence was directing the event for the good of his own people. That's the great controversy. The promised sign has been given to the waiting Christian. And now an opportunity was offered for all who will to obey the Savior's warning. Even to were so overruled that neither Jew nor Roman should hinder the flight of Christian. So today too, God will overrule events for the good of his people. Our duty is to study prophecy. Our duty is to look for the sign and obey what God tells us in his word. Not just some people say, well, I don't care what is coming. I care who is coming. For. My question is, if you don't care what is happening, who is coming, then you can accept whoever comes. Now, upon the retreat of Caesar, the Jews sailing from Jerusalem pursued after his retiring army. And while both forces were thus fully engaged, the Christian had an opportunity to leave the city. At this time, the country also had been cleared from enemies who might have endeavored to intercept them. At this time of the siege, the Jews were assembled at Jerusalem to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And thus, the Christians throughout the land were able to make their escape unmolested. Without delay, they fled to a place of safety, the city of Pella, in the land of Perea, beyond Jordan. This is from the Greek Great controversy. So Christian fled away. And when Christian fled away, after this, 67 AD, Jews came back and they told people, we told that God would defend the city. So they became more bold, more rebellious. And this brought problem, which we'll will see. Soon, because now problems were happening, People were killing each other. Emperor Nero decided in February 867 
appointed his best general, Vespasian, to put down the rebellion. He immediately went with 60,000 professional soldiers. And his son prepared to sweep across Galilee and he sold 30,000 Jews into slavery. At Jordan, he slew 15,000 Jews. So when Vespasian came, it became even worse. Remember, Zacharias said, I will give you a worthless shepherd. You don't want the prince of peace. What you want is a seditionist, a robber, a murderer. I'll hand you to that. Because that's what you want. Now, so when the Roman army invaded Galilee in 67, after an excessive siege with lasted for the uh, seven days, the city fell with the animosity, 40,000 killed. All the remaining Jews, residents committed suicide, except for Josephus and one of his soldiers. So, when Vespasian came, now, Josephus found himself that, he, you know, the people are perishing. So, Josephus, being a general, he surrendered himself, and he told Vespasian, I'm willing to work with you. Okay? I'm willing to work with you. And look, Josephus again gave him a prophecy. He said, because you have come, Vespasian, and who is Vespasian, by the way? He was the father of Titus, who finally will take over and demolish Jerusalem. So, Vespasian general, he was the father of Titus. He was the father of Titus. That when Josephus gave him that prophecy, he took him. And now Josephus started to work with him. Now, by AD 67, the entire coast and north of Judea had been subjugated by the Roman army where Titus distinguished himself as a skilled general. And there remained the last and most significant fortress Jewish, which was Jerusalem. Startling news had just arrived. Nero suicide on the outer skirts of Rome on June 9th, as people of Rome were coming to kill him. Now remember, when this was happening, what happened in Rome? Paul was there. And Paul was there, he was, condemned by, he was condemned by Emperor Nero. And if you read very carefully the, the book, uh, Apostles, it says that when Nero condemned Paul, his probation in heaven was closed. So what is happening? Jerusalem, there is chaos, turmoil. People are killing each other. Paul stood up for Jesus in Rome and Nero condemned him to die. Now when, Rome, uh, when Nero condemned Paul to die, the spirit prophets tell us that he, his probation door was closed in heaven. What happened after that? The mob was coming to kill him. And the sister would tell us that he, the same spirit which he pushed Nero to condemn the apostle after God has withdrew his probation mercy from Nero Satan was there to kill him. Satan instigated the people who were coming to kill Nero. And Nero committed suicide by himself and he died. So, after this now, what happened? I took this from the summary, such a, a so much detail. What happened? The Roman Senate was in dialogue. Who should take the position? 
Now, because Vespasian is the mighty general of Nero, they chose Vespasian to be the emperor. So Vespasian being declared emperor by the Roman Senate, now he relinquished his power to his son, Titus. Titus is taking over. Vespasian is heading back to Rome. This. Now, meanwhile, the Jews, uh, the thousand of Jews in Jerusalem had become embroiled in the civil conflict of their own, dividing the resistance against the Roman in the city into several functions. And by this time, all Judea accepted Jerusalem was under the control of Titus, Vespasian son. He was uh, 30 or 32 years old, but he was there. He was the one in control of everything. Now, on May 10th, AD 70, with 60,065 men, Titus arrived at the gate of Jerusalem. Every type of horror was being experienced within his walls. And this will continue until Titus gained control 139 days later. Now, here is what it is. When Titus came to the gates of Jerusalem, he saw piles of boats of people. People died. He saw and he was, he was horrified. So he told the guards or the soldier of the world, if you surrender the city to me, I'll spare the city. But when he was talking to them, now Josephus took over and he pleaded with the men of the city to surrender the city. Then the men of the city, the soldier, they threw a spear on Titus and it almost killed him. It wounded Josephus. So after that now, Titus became angry. And what he did, then Titus surrounded the city. He put pressure on the food and water supply. Oh, we have that. By allowing pilgrims to enter the city to celebrate spring Passover and refuse to let them leave. Now, this, he then began a front assault on the gate of the temple, having broken through them. Once he broke through the gates, this is what happened. Titus entered the edifice, the temple, and he found it to be so gorgeous that he, he ordered he ordered that it did not be destroyed. The temple, this is just how Josephus described how it looked like. The temple and its approaches were remarkable, beautiful. The temple itself was formed of hewn stones, covered with a flat roof composed of rafters and boards of cedar, overlaid with marble inside the walls, and roof were covered with cedar. And the floor with the plaques of Cyprus. The side walls were covered over with the carven works representing cherubims, palms, garlands, and opening flowers. Overlaid everything were plates of gold. Such a very magnificent building. But while fighting around the gates continue, an perceived soldier held his torch inside a main door and he could set the entire building ablaze. The date was August 70 AD. 
So Titus came and saw the temple. How beautiful it was. And himself he decided. He wanted to spare it. But remember just said, not one stone shall lift upon the other. We, we need to learn from this prophecy. Because today, among ourselves, there are people who are saying, the prophets that are speaking about it, our time will not be fulfilled. If this were fulfilled to the letter, what about today's modern prophecy? Modern prophecy will be fulfilled because this here today, this is, this is from the history, prove that the word of God is the rock. When God is speak, it is turned, though heaven fall. Now, three more weeks, all Jerusalem was burned to the ground totally. Unaware of Jesus' prediction, Titus ordered the city to be leveled flat. Not one stone was left upon another. The temple was completely demolished. With one million and a hundred people were killed. Ninety-seven thousand were captured and enslaved, including the two leaders of Jewish function were taken to Rome and slain. The temple treasure were taken to Rome. Now remember, let's remember this. When people saw that around the city, cities around people are fighting, all the wealthy Jews, they took their gold to the temple. Because they understood that God will not leave the temple to be destroyed. So they kept the gold over there. So all this wealthy was taken to Rome. And on AD 71, uh, Titus returned to Rome with a victory. Accompanied by Vespasian and Domitian, he rode in Rome in 71 AD. Enthusiastically saluted by Roman populace and preceded by a lavish parade containing treasure and captives from war. Large amount of gold and silver taken from Jerusalem. Also Jewish prisoners and the treasures taken from the temple of Jerusalem. Pentateuch, first five books of Bible. And the menorah, the seven branches candlestick, all lamp made of gold. So all of this, he took with it to Rome. And this is one thing you have to understand. When Titus entered to Rome, this is one thing that is done. People wanted to give him credit for the war. And he made a statement saying, I cannot take credit for people who have been forsaken by their God. So even the heathen knew that these people have been forsaken by their God. We have to learn this. Because Christianity today, we hold on our own tradition and customers. And we think God will, will approve that. God cannot approve man's invention. Christ object lesson. The Jewish leader looked with pride upon their magnificent temple. And the imposing right and religious service, but just mercy and love of God were lacking. The glory of the temple, the splendor of their service could not recommend them to God. For that which alone is a valor in his sight, they did not offer. 
They did not bring him the sacrifice of a humble, contrite spirit. It is when the vital principle of the kingdom of God are lost that ceremonies become multitudinous and extravagant. Do we see that in the Christian today? Ceremonies and all kinds of modern worship. It is when the character building is neglected, when the adornment of the soul is lacking, when the simplicity of godliness is lost sight of, that pride and love for display demand magnificent churches, edifices, splendid adorning and imposing ceremonial. In all this, God is not honored. A fashionable religion that consists of ceremonies, pretense, and display is not accepted to him. It is services call for the, no response for the heavenly messengers. There is nothing having a beauty church. But when the, a church building becomes an idol, we talk about this morning, when the church, church becomes an idol, when we try to change the worship style in the way to suit our sinful nature, it cannot call the messenger from heaven. A congregation may be the poorest in the land. It may be without the attraction of any outward show. But if the members possess the principles of the character of Christ, they will have his joy in their soul. Angels will unite with them in their worship. The praise and thanksgiving from great heart will ascend to God as a sweet oblation. Brothers and sisters, God does not care about our imagination, the way we want to, to satisfy our souls. Christian journey is the Christian of self-denial. And the Jews, if we can learn from this example, because after, the Stephen, uh, after uh, Stephen was stoned in 34 AD, rebellious after rebellious occurred. And today in our land you can see, all over the globe, there is rebellious, commotion, outbreak, social unrest. And there is this one final quote from manuscript 32-1896. This is a very remarkable quote. Satan is working that the history of the Jewish nation may be repeated. In the experience of those who claim to believe present truth, Christ's mission was misunderstood. The delusive hope of a temporal Prince led to misapplication of scripture. The very ones who ought to have been the first welcome, Jesus did not discern him. He was not the one the ambitious hopes desired. The false path they had entered, they continued to follow to the end. They became untouchable, self-righteous, and self-sufficient, saying they possessed the true light and that they were the only self-instructor of the people. Brothers and sisters, Satan is working that the history of the Jews may be repeated. Do you see this happening in the Christian today? The law of God is made of none effect. The order of worship has been changed. The message is watered down. Favoritism, world favoritism is being welcomed by God's people. There are changes 
that are leading to this. Satan is working to make sure the history of the Jews will be repeated. And I tell you this, Christianity is following the same principles. We need to learn from this. Because sacred history was one of the school of the prophets. prophets. And today we have to learn this. Peace and prosperity which we have today is because Jesus still curtailed the tide of, rebe of rebellion. When he will live it, death will be from one end to another end. May we learn from this history that we have to treasure peace and prosperity which we have today. To use it effectively. To study and help each other. To grasp the word of God and to pray that God give us true character transformation. Amen.